I frequently find myself at the confusing intersection of civic duty and legal requirements. My guest will mix things up. He will place the dangerous, energized third rail into that busy intersection. The rail morality. My guest promises to stand in that very busy intersection and present drug court. Welcome, Mr. Kent Ferris. Kent, please introduce yourself. I have a master's degree in counseling, um, although it was in initially focused on, on college student development. I've also worked with um, providing services to adults with developmental disabilities. And for about 10 years, I was involved in um, child protection work and dependent adult abuse work uh, for our state. Um, I've also done some disaster uh, response um, work. And um, I think that all of that has helped me understand what it means to be an active listener and, again, somebody that um, is committed to showing unconditional positive regard for um, a, f a fellow human and um, are informative in, in reference to uh, drug court is the importance placed on the 12-step programs uh, based on Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, not fully appreciating it uh, from the beginning in, in looking at the history of Alcoholics Anonymous, it was actually um, steeped in formation in, in the Catholic tradition. There was um, uh, a priest and I believe as well a, a religious sister that were helpful to the early formation of, of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, in that way, there are elements of it that are consistent with our own faith tradition as far as the support one can get from a community, uh, a sense of, of uh, being a beloved member of a community, as well as... Um, the ability to ask for uh, reconciliation or pursuing reconciliation and forgiveness. And so that's what struck me about what I was seeing by, by way of those that were working a 12-step program through drug court and then looking further into their uh, big book text and, and kind of reflecting on, on our own faith tradition. I've actually said to uh, a, a bishop, if I could afford more parishioners the opportunity to experience the honesty and uh, sense of community for those that are, are wake, making their way through the drug court program, I think it would um, animate uh, local parishioners in a way that w would be just amazing. Uh, 
There's just such uh, a beauty of trying to do the next right thing. And even if one is not part of a 12-step program, I think for as Christians, that's kind of what we're called to do on a daily basis, is to, to figure out what is the next right thing. The drug court setting is, uh, it's been undertaken in so many locations, and there have been so many lessons learned as to how to go about it most appropriately. You have a, a judge that sits at the bench during the proceedings of, of drug court and uh, oversees the, the uh, proceedings. But it allows other members of the drug court team, including the county attorney's office, uh, parole, parole or probation officers, substance abuse counselors, to also be part of that team. Um, but it isn't the same as you would have in a normal courtroom setting, like in a trial setting. At this point, what they're hoping to be able to do is to um, encourage individual accountability and also ever mindful of the contribution that the peers make to each other as they, ma they make their way through it. The level of accountability from the peer support is something that is not apparent when you first observe drug court, but it's really there. And, and that is one of the key ingredients as to why drug court continues to work so well is the level of investment of the individuals to a trusting, supportive community as they make their way through the process. Now, the peer population in the drug court are those peers in the drug court in the seats listening to the procedures of everybody? Correct. Okay. They would be um, they would be where the the general public would be in a in a courtroom setting. Yeah, and then they they in, they in turn take their turn to go up and sit at one of the two tables, as if they then become the. Um, the one that would be, you know, in a trial setting, they, they, they take their turns and walk up and, and speak from there. Although in the drug court setting that I'm most familiar with, they're, they're allowed to be able to s sit at the table while their case is being reviewed. The, the sense that I get from both the judge and members of the drug court team is that they are grateful that some member of the general public has expressed interest in their program, uh, a member of the general public who's both informed and supportive of their undertaking, and, um, but also somebody who knows the limited role that they would be playing on any individual who's going through drug court. You once told me about how you got involved at the level of being a mentor, and that involvement seemed to be based entirely on your silent witnessing as a member of the community 
for weeks at the drug court. Is is that about accurate? Well, I would say beyond even weeks. I think it was it was more like months, and um, I was merely there to learn and to show respect, and again, not only to represent the greater community, but also as a person of faith to to be able to kind of speak to the the inherent dignity that each of us as humans have uh, that was what my that was my intention if i was never to have been assigned a mentor i wanted them to uh i wanted them to understand the level of respect i had for the their willingness to go through a pretty difficult um, drug court process. And, and the other part of it, too, is it's a, it's a relatively small number of individuals that are ever allowed into that program. They have got to have, have demonstrated some uh, responsibility for what has had them in the criminal justice system to begin with, if they're if they were one that was denying or not taking uh, responsibility, they would never have been afforded the invitation to, to uh, come and be part of, of drug court in the first place. In fact, the, one of the obstacles that drug courts face is they continue to be seen as uh, specialty courts and um, speaking with the judge in the, the main county where the drug court takes place, he said there are neighboring counties with people in, the, in their county jails who have asked if there could not be a prisoner exchange occur so that they, coming from a neighboring county, could actually be transferred into the, the county that has the drug court in order that they could take the opportunity to be part of the drug court process um, because the other county does not have this program. And others incarcerated see it as an opportunity not only to stave off a longer prison sentence, but also to uh, turn one's life around and to begin to get the community support necessary to get back at the, the matters of of a, of a productive life for themselves and for their family. After months of patiently listening and being re- respectful of all the individuals, what was the transition? How did you actually get assigned to or introduced to a mentee? The uh, substance abuse counselor representative on the drug court one day uh, was expressing the frustration of the entire uh, supervisory part of the drug court to an individual. They just, the, this participant was kind of at an impasse and he wasn't making the good uh, progress in the program. And I think everybody, including the, including the judge and this drug, the substance abuse counselor were concerned that he was going to not make it through and possibly relapse. In, in frustration, the drug court, the substance abuse counselor turned around and said, you need to go talk to that, that man. And he's pointing to me in the, uh, in the audience. And he said, you need to go talk to him and have him be your mentor. 
So there was really no formal process to begin with. It was a, a rather impromptu referral, and yet that's, what, that's exactly what we did. We began from that point on to meet weekly. We would meet uh, for coffee, and it was just an opportunity for him to have one more person in his life who was willing to uh, walk with him through some challenges relating to substance abuse treatment, finding employment, uh, having stable housing again. I, I didn't do anything for him. Um, I supported him as he did what was within his means. But because of some of the bridges he had burnt previously, and he has told me as much, he found that level of support, an unconditional positive regard uh, for his efforts um, helpful. And then he was in turn able to continue on in the program and show progress and ultimately graduate. And even that was seven years ago, and um, I've I've had contact with him within the past week or two, and he continues to do the next right thing, um, stable employment during that period of time, providing for his family financially, and also beginning to give back to the community um, by establishing an, an, a program after school, a recreational um, outlet for youth in the, the neighborhood that he came from. And so I think that the, the mentoring that occurred by way of drug court played a small part, but it was the type of support that came from with, 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 uh, within the greater or from the greater community that was probably helpful in him ultimately being able to do what he needed to do um, to, be a, to hold himself accountable regard for um, a, f a fellow human and um, it's unfortunate but you're I think you're correct in that there are too many people that have no experience of having unconditional positive regard expressed to them um, they, they often feel as though they don't matter can begin to sink into despair. And for some, that leads to um, addiction or other uh, patterns of behavior that are, are not healthy for them and, and don't enable them to live in a way that's um, often in their own best interest. I, but I, was, I, I, I would say, Patrick, the other part of it too is um, the opportunity to walk with somebody, to accompany somebody, um, I, I'm incredibly grateful for that experience because as I, am give, am, as I am given other responsibilities, I'm reminded that I also need to make sure that in my ongoing ministry work that I, can, that I continue to allow time for the one-on-one -on -one interactions of, of folks that are really on the margins. Um, I, I think it is, it is critical. And um, Christ came for the poor, 
the, the poor experience poverty in many different ways, and that's ultimately where, as Christians, as Catholics, we're called to, uh, to walk with, to accompany uh, those among us that are poor in order that they uh, can know that they, are, they too are a, a beloved child of God. Kent, I can imagine an average person without your academic and professional background, a person much like myself of great goodwill, wanting to do this work and eventually having a mentee introduced to me. But without your academic and professional background, it seems like maybe the only thing I could do is be that genuine listener. Well, uh, I would say that a genuine concern for a brother or sister, uh, a, a, a fellow human being, uh, does not require a master's degree in counseling or any sort of advanced degree. And, and I know that because in addition to the, the mentoring that I was doing, I had a parishioner express interest in being able to mentor. And uh, this, this man is about my age. I would say he's middle-aged. Uh, he's, he's very strong in his faith. Um, has adult children that he and his wife um, stay connected with. And yet he had seen what drug court was like, and he knew that um, the, the task of walking with another and just being somebody that uh, is willing to have a cup of coffee every now and again and kind of talking through the slings and arrows of life that he could do it and and so and he did he he uh, was assigned a uh, drug court mentee and um, and and he was able to help that individual make it through successfully make it through drug court again a lot of it had to do with um, that other participant staying true to a 12-step model. Um, and you're never able to tell exactly what portion of drug court graduation success is attributable, attributable to a mentor, but this man um, met regularly with and provided support even as it was relating to how to fill out job applications, very something that's relatively simple and straightforward, but can be a daunting experience for somebody that doesn't have a lot of um, experience having done so. And so um, a, a genuine interest in, in merely being there for somebody goes a long, long way. And those that we have uh, served by being mentors, um, I, I would say that for somebody that finds themselves in drug courts, they probably know and can probably detect a person that has extended um, 
an offer of support. They can tell the people that are genuinely wanting to do right by them from a do-gooder phony that um, will only talk to them about, you know, picking oneself up by the bootstraps and getting back and going at it because um, where the offer is extended to help, if it is done realizing where the person is in that moment, um, just meeting somebody in a, in a difficult place is, it, it, unfortunately, it is unusual, but it is remarkable that somebody would actually care enough to spend time trying to appreciate what another human being is going through. Right. And, and, and to that point, you know, I don't want to... Um, I don't want to gloss over the background information and the training that we had access to, although not directly from the drug court proper. Uh, a few years before I became a drug court mentor, there was a, uh, at the time, a deacon candidate in our diocese who had been a county, had been a state attorney in our state, and so he knew the legal system very well. He had talked with a drug court judge uh, downriver elsewhere in our diocese, saw that there could be value in serving as a drug court mentor, and so we actually picked up and replicated uh, a relatively simple and straightforward uh, training module from our neighboring archdiocese that was intended to prepare people to serve either as a mentor for somebody coming out of prison or as part of a circle of support for a returning citizen. So that deacon candidate, who in turn was ordained, had done quite a bit of background research in order to put in place something that we could use if and when we were given the opportunity to serve as a mentor through drug court. And that type of, um, it may have only been a few hours, but it was informative as to the boundaries one needs to establish while serving as a mentor. And likewise, any instance, whether the one I did or the one that I assisted the parishioner in becoming a mentor, there was always a level of support through our office for those serving as mentors that was, again, separate from the drug court proper, but would really give um, support and integrity to the mentoring that we were um, offering to the drug court and to any participant that would avail themselves of our offer. Please use my website for additional resources. The website, savemystory.net. Thank you.